Are you aluminum? Oh, uh, no, I'm copper bottoming on my man. Can you say that? No, I have no idea what you just said. It's an acting exercise. Okay. Are you aluminum? No, I'm copper bottoming on my man. Ooh, I would need to see that in caption. Follow me. Are you? Are you? Al you? Al you? Minimingamum. Uh, mini. Minimingamum. Minimingamum. No. No. I'm copper bottoming on my man. I uh, no. I'm, I'm copper, copper bottoming on my man. My man. Yeah. Are you al you minimingamum? No, I'm copper bottoming on my man. It's an it's an enunciation technique I learned in a. In my acting class. I would totally need to see that written out. My auditory, like I can't, when I hear all those things together, my brain instantly just jumbles all those letters. And I hear blah, 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 minimum. Can you say toy boat three times fast? Toy boat, toy boat. I said fast. I'm practicing toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. No, I can't do it. I got close. Say it three times fast. Do it. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Because people usually say toe boit at some point. And that's uh, I mean, hey, you know, with my dyslexia, I, I was not sure how that was going to Now, can go. you say, are you copper? Uh, nope, I fucked up. Are you? Are you copper? That's not it. Are you copper? Are you aluminum? No, I'm copper bottoming on my man. I still need to see it written. <laughs> I can't. I need to see it written. And now who's the smart one? Oh, well, you, yeah, you pierced me in my Achilles heel there. Wait. You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person wait sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But what we're talking about? Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another exciting episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Michelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And we have some business to take care of at the beginning of the episode, like we do every week when we remember, which is to ask you to join the Facebook group, join the group, join the conversation. However, if you do prefer a more private conversation, you can reach out to either myself, that's Blake, or Rochelle via DM, PM, any of those different things. Um, you can reach Rochelle at Rochelle Firefly Chandler For on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And I was going to get there. Or uh, at Rochelle Chandler on Facebook. I, on the other hand, do not have a fancy nickname. I just go by the name God gave me, which is uh, Blake Freddy. Actually, I guess my parents gave me that name. God just gave me the huge penis. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, And also, don't forget uh, that uh, you can look up my music if you want um, on SoundCloud. Just, again, look up. Uh, Blake Fertig on SoundCloud and you don't have to sign up or anything and um, I try to post new stuff on there a lot of the time when I'm working on tracks for the end of each episode I'll throw them on there so I can listen to them in my car just makes it a little bit easier for me Mm -hmm. then you can check them out sometimes they get deleted so listen while you can and you can check out the things I'm working on you can also if you want to reach out to Rochelle of course Rochelle's got all these different uh, handles Uh, you can reach out to her at uh, at Okay, now I'm screwing up. You can send me an email. There you go. <laughs> send an email to support at com. So make sure that you share the show and also share with us how you found the show. That's mm-hmm. something that we're trying to figure out is we have so many different listeners from different parts of the planet now. And it's very interesting to see how people are finding us so that we can help more people and grow the community of YDSA, which is 
you don't sound autistic. Um, that's the little shorthand for it. Mm-hmm. Rate the show if you would. Go to Apple Music, iTunes, Audible, and your pl- your favorite platforms that allow you to share the show, as well as adding the show. Uh, what is that called? Like when you subscribe? Yeah, subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe. Click subscribe. And then we'd also love your individual ratings. A lot of these platforms give you the opportunity to rate individual episodes and give feedback, and, and we would love to hear what you have to say. So help us out. That would be awesome. We want to hear from you. Yeah, and not just that, but to also grow the community of Rochelle Chandler. Yes. Which has a very parallel vision. These two work in tandem. Um, Rochelle Chandler is currently under some construction. We are going through our own um, new year changes, revol- revolution, resolution, kind of both. Just kind of narrowing our focus and getting a little bit broader and better. So um, I know that's contradictory, but I'm doing both. <laughs> the website's going through puberty. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a little hairier than uh, normal. <laughs> A little sweatier. A little more awkward. A little bit more but awkward. But it'll be great when it gets through the yep. phase. When it gets through this awkward phase, it'll be just fine. Very, very cool. So, what are we talking about today? Oh, I mean, this week we've, this is our first episode of the new year. All right. Happy, Happy new, new year, year, everybody. If you celebrate that kind of thing. I'm always afraid. You never know with holidays what people are celebrating. Because uh, I was talking to someone the other day, a woman, and a Christian woman. Who doesn't celebrate Christmas? Interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh, what are you doing on Christmas? Nothing. I don't celebrate Christmas. And I was like, okay, let me understand that if you're not Christian, but kind of weird. That is awkward. Right? Yeah. Kinda I mean, weird. sure. I, I understand that. I'm not Christian, really. Uh-oh. Oh, we're in trouble now. Five minutes in and the Bambino's waping up. Wake, waping up? Waping up? Oh, he's just... Ru- waking he's, up. He's just... Having a nightmare? Yeah. Are you going to let me take the reins, are you? Oh, boy. So let's see if I can do this today. Um, We were discussing the idea of the uh, where ADHD came from as far as an an evolutionary standpoint. And it's something that I discussed with a therapist I had when I first was diagnosed with ADHD. And... Rochelle sent me an article about it that was actually very apropos and on point with what I was thinking. So I feel like I wanted to share that with everybody and get uh, hopefully get some people's feedback and see what you think. So the idea is that evolutionar- evolutionarily, is that right? <laughs> From an evolutionary standpoint, the the ADHD person would have been like a hunter or security for their tribe, you know, back hundreds and thousands of years ago. So that would be why, you know, our DNA is kind of rewritten, they say, uh, over the millennia and through generations. And so we would have been the, the first line of defense, the people that were up. And, you know, that's why we have hard time sleeping normal hours and keeping regular jobs not that we can't do it but it's preferable when we're able to keep our kind of vampire hours and go to bed at two in the morning and sleep in uh because we were uh again the security we were the ones keeping the fire going while everyone else was asleep Um, that's why we're you know we hear a loud noise or we hear any kind of change in the environment quick movement where 
you know, were the first ones to actually, sorry, I'm like sitting here thinking, where the hell is Rochelle? Um, she's taking care of the baby. It's okay. This is real life, folks. I'm just going to keep going. I was going to pause, but nope, I'm going to let you suffer along with me. I, uh, I think that with ADHD, we have this ability to thrive in chaos and otherwise I feel like you feel like a ticking time bomb waiting for chaos and that's where the fight or flight kicks in and otherwise it's like you're taking a cave person albeit a smart cave person and putting them into an office setting that person's going to go a little cuckoo I think and I feel like that's one of the reasons that you know the medication or people self-medicate uh, and also one of the reasons that exercise can be so important because it does calm the system down and allow you to kind of take a breath. So that's always, that's been my experience with it where I think back, what would I have been like in a time where we didn't live in houses and we weren't protected from nature and I think when I'm outside, you know, I, I thrive when I'm like in water um, and I feel better when I'm kind of outside doing things, even though I don't necessarily always have the motivation to do that. And I don't know what that is uh, these days. Maybe it's my age or maybe it's um, a combination of several different things. I've definitely um, found that the medicine that I'm on kind of knocks me down. Uh, a little bit as far as like motivation, which is kind of weird because you'd think that I would be more motivated, but I am not. It uh, doesn't help with the impulsivity so much, so I'm definitely still impulsive, but that impulsivity is something that I think can come again from the, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the article was like fire watch or something like that from that mindset where we were just constantly waiting for something to happen. And then when something would happen, we were a badass and amazing at dealing with those situations. So uh, does anyone else relate to this? Does anyone else feel that kind of attachment or attraction to... I mean, I'm not saying that I like it when bad things happen, but I'm just saying that when things go wrong... I'm kind of awesome and definitely like zombie apocalypse. I'm the guy you want on your team because I'm going to be the first one to figure shit out there. I said it zombie apocalypse. It's coming. It's on its way. And we'll, and, and the neurodivergent folks will be the ones to, uh, to rule. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to pause for a moment and welcome Rochelle back in just a sec. And look at that. Didn't have to wait long. She's already back. You did a great job. You didn't hear anything I said. How do you, I how did. do you know? I did. I heard. I just kept making noise. You would be great in an apocalypse, by the way. You'd I would. be my Andrew Lincoln. Well, don't say that. You haven't watched the show. I stopped after Glenn died. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> Not everyone watches the show. Sorry. Well, everyone dies eventually. Yeah. However, I thought your points were very strong. How the hell would you know? You're in the other room. I was listening intently to everything. Is he awake now? Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So what? What else? I mean, what and do you? You were elaborating on the night watchman theory. 
Yeah. That's what it's called. Night Watchman Theory. Yep. I had a, I, I didn't have it right in front of me, so I had to kind of just go with the flow. I thought you did really great. And, and it's something that we, you know. <clears throat> did you say weenie? It's something Weenie-do? that we, you know. Oh, we know. <laughs> have discussed a few times, actually. Um, because it there's that neuroplastic concept that says what wires together, fires together. And you wouldn't think that something so neurological from the days we were hunters and gatherers, you know, would, would still be so prevalent today. Except that I think in reality, it's never gone away. It's just that our culture has changed so much. I mean, just think about it. It was... What, 1776 when we were signing the Declaration of Independence? And, you know, how many years is that? 250 some odd years between then and now? It's been over 200 years. Okay. But when you look at the all the changes that have happened in society since that year to now, I mean, we were still to some degree doing a lot of hunting and gathering even when we were colonizing, you know, the United States. And, and you look at the progression of how things change um, you know, just from country to country and the technological advances that we make in farming and, you know, we, and bringing this all the way full to today, full, full forward to today, we are in discussions about ending daylight savings because that was one of those things that was geared towards farmer's hours, um, for one. So you had the most daylight, but it was also a construct that was created because the factories were, then invented, you know, in the Industrial Revolution, and then we needed people to get to work on a certain time. So, the, and then the Monday through Friday and the the nine to five concept was born. And you know, it's not that long ago that these things came around. It was the Industrial Revolution. It was. Look, I said something smart for once. <laughs> you said a lot of things smart in this, but it just shows you that many of the social structures that we take for granted today. Or that we think we are, or that we are living in and think will last forever, they don't. We are evolving constantly and rapidly. So, what wires together, fires together. And I think that just like you mentioned, those skills and, you know, staying alert through the night, and of course you don't need sleep, and of course you don't need social interaction because you're usually there alone. It's almost like nights of the, um, Oh, what was it called in uh, Knights of Round the... Table? No. Square Table. The wall, the black wall, the... Black oh, you're talking Knights. about Game of Thrones? Yeah. What was what? it called? What? The wall? The wall? Where they they had a thing, they had a name. The Night Watchman? Yeah. The Isn't that what they were called? Or no, maybe they were called something else. Maybe it is the Night Watchman. The Night's Watch? I don't Night's know. Night's Watch, that sounds right. Maybe that's not what it's called. But, now but you're going to you make me ju- look it up. Sorry, but you can just see how this concept continues to repeat. And so we continue to have jobs in our society today that actually need these types of skills yeah, that, nice that are present in ADHD. And um, <coughs> part of the of the beauty of this is knowing when you're picking a vocation that, hey, you have these skills. Now, does it make regular day, t- you know, nighttime sleep a challenge? Yes. Does it make digestion a challenge? Yes. Do you have, you know, hyper-focused challenges? And, you know, does it come with all these other aspects that are uncomfortable? But I think the point is when we can take the very beautiful special neurology that you have kind of evolutionarily created and apply it to a lifestyle. It is evolutionarily. It is. You said it right. I did. Uh, And apply it to a lifestyle that works for you. Like, for example, um, 
one of the best applications for ADHD individuals vocationally would be like 911 uh, responders um, or the in the 911 call towers the that are working overnight. One nine hundred operators too. I mean, I guess, but it's a different skill set. <laughs> I would say um, nurses, you know, overnight doctors. There's many different types of vocations that today kind of rely on the ability to function well during those nighttime hours and and kind of have that sensitivity to um, changes and where a sense of urgency can be, you know, like the difference between saving a life. So I still, I think that it's becoming more prevalent now and more than, so than ever because parts of our society have slowed down. And when you have that neurological and that physical ramped up energy, you don't necessarily have all the same places to use it unless you've paired yourself vocationally with something, you know, of that nature. Um, and so that's creating a contrast. And because what wires together, fires together becomes inheritable through um, the generations. Inheritable meaning like it may not be genetic yet, but there's a strong likelihood. You got to get closer to the microphone. That it will pass from generation to generation. Then we're starting to see it younger and younger and younger in our kids. And that those are the conflicts that are bringing things to the surface in terms of why ADHD over the last few decades has has not been received well when it when in reality these same received well by who by people who seek to do things the old way and not learn and and adapt do you know what I mean by that no so I, I'm thinking specifically of like the educators and schools okay because originally when when ADHD, and I remember it was happening when I was a kid and I was kind of t- a teenager and this concept of like, oh, I'm babysitting a kid on Ritalin. Like, why does this kid need Ritalin? And, you know, that whole thing started in the 80s and 90s. And um, it was because it, what wires together, fires together, had now become so inheritable that it was starting younger and younger in these kids and the kids couldn't sit through school. What is this wires together, fires together thing you're saying? It's a neuroplastic concept that what wires together in the brain fires together in terms of neurons and synapses and neurotransmitters. So repeating thoughts, repeating behaviors, repeating feelings start to trigger neurochemistry and the neurons and the synapses and the transmitters to all fire together and the more you think a thought, then your body feels it. Then once your body feels it with the hormones and chemicals, then it goes back up and registers a thought. And before you know it, you're in a loop. So by the repetition of thoughts, by the repetition of feelings, creates a repetition in behavior. And pretty soon, you're actually in a neurochemical hormonal loop. And over time, these are the wires, these are the brain waves, the neurons that fire together, creating a pattern that is so strong that it can be now passed down from generation to generation. Now. You said it. (laughs) Yes. The concept of neuroplasticity is that just because you may be in this current loop of thoughts reinforcing your feelings, your feelings reinforcing your thoughts, and they can be positive or negative or a mixture, 
the brain we used to think was fixed, just like we used to think the skull was fixed and the bones didn't move. We were really wrong. Um, the skull does move. The, ba- the brain does move. The brain does evolve based on environmental influences, social influences, your own mindfulness, which is not a word. I, I, I actually detest that word, but it, you know, your own awareness of your own thoughts, like the brain is moldable. It is not stuck in any loop. It is changeable. 100% not the same process for everyone. Very different processes are needed depending on, you know, a variety of neurological factors. But every single brain is designed to adjust to new input. So I think what you were saying earlier about... um, the evolutionarily, I said that wrong, the evolutionary development um, of ADHD, I think that it has actually come really far. And now we just have more and more people that have inherited some of these qualities, but don't necessarily know how to take advantage of them in in a way that feels empowering versus a way that feels restricting and isolating. How, how isolated have you felt socially for having ADHD before you knew what it was? I mean, I always struggled in school. Yeah, you were telling me some about that. So, um, I just remember it would always take me forever to get my homework done because I would lose focus. Right. So, I don't know about socially. Well, did you ever felt excluded? I mean, I know you've mentioned stories in the past where you were excluded. Yeah. I don't know if that had anything to do with ADHD. Have you always been uh, um, talkative? Yes. How f- how early back in your childhood do you remember your um, like special interest forming? What, like movies and stuff? Yeah. I was probably in first grade. Oh, yeah. How old are you in first grade? Seven. I see, yeah. So that's really early. Yeah. I mean, probably before that but that's when i really realized how much i enjoyed movies so because before that i i mean I, I i watched them but but we talk about the things we're interested in, even as kids i mean you know yeah because like on loop i would watch ferris bueller's day off and the goonies interesting on loop so you so over like kind of like you do now like you'll still rewatch your favorite movies yeah but i would watch them over and over and over again like i would go to uh, a ghost for some uh, reason, that's a good one. Me and my friend Matt would watch the movie Ghost because we loved Whoopi Goldberg. Wow, she is amazing. <laughs> she, she's <laughs> the like reason that movie is so watchable. Yeah, but the difference is I was like four years old. True, that's a big difference. I wasn't an adult woman watching a show over and over and over again. It's a very intelligent, smart show. Yeah, so is uh, Ghost. <laughs> I have no comeback for that. It was. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a great movie. So, so is the Goonies. Thinking so the Goonies. about those movies. I recommend everyone stop what they're doing. Stop listening to the show. Go no, watch, no, 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 no. Go watch the Goonies and Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> and Ghost. And then come back. So I want you to think about those three <laughs> movies then. Okay. Think about the environment. Now we're in my, ba- now we're in my ballpark here. Let's talk yeah. about these movies. Think about these movies for a minute. And tell me what concepts you learned about the world you lived in from these movies like we always have takeaways don't murder ghost 
Okay, well, yeah. Find pirate loot. Okay. The Goonies. Skip school. Ferris Bueller. Thank you. I learned all those things. Okay. What? So, believe it or not, because you watch those movies on loop, they influenced your perceptions of your environment. Yes. They influenced perceptions of social interactions. Did you, on some level, think you needed to be a little bit more like Ferris Bueller to be accepted? Cool. Yeah. Ferris Bueller is like the coolest guy. Everyone knows that. And so, how did you compare yourself to Ferris Bueller? Oh, I wish... I mean, the thing is, the Ferris Bueller was like nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, he would be like... You'd be friends with Ferris Bueller if you were like... If you knew him, you know what I mean? You've always been very nice to everyone. But that's not my point. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about him. Like, as a character in the movie... He is like, he's talking to people on the phone. He's talking to different kids. He's like helping everyone out. Like the one kid's like, he's going to help me get out of summer school. Oh, so very social and available. And everybody knows him. And that's why like the whole, like the joke of the movie is that like, there's one point because like he's, he's just been, you know, he's faking being sick Mm -hmm. and his parents are just like, oh, he's, you know, he's kind of sick. And then uh, there's one point when it's like, think the mom's at the police station trying to bail her daughter out and uh the cop is like tell your son everyone here down at the station's pulling for him because <laughs> like his lie has gotten so big that like everybody's aware of it except for his parents oh wow and what was the lie that he was that he's like dying oh okay that he's like it. so sick that he's dying because oh, okay. there's like a point in the movie when he's got like this keyboard and he like I remember programs the, the keyboard room. yeah and he programs his keyboard and he's like oh excuse me one second and then he hits like all the keys at once and it's got this program that makes it sound like really gross like he's like oh, throwing yeah, yeah, up yeah i remember that and uh he's like i don't know i think i may need a kidney transplant he's like talking on the phone to uh one of the kids at the school right anyway they're, they they but start but it's all staged well yeah the whole thing is he's just taking he's just taking a day out that's why it's called ferris bueller's day off so there are look at all those lessons we just learned folks right but but (laughs) subconscious is the word i'm looking for so there are subconscious messages in there that you would have gleaned from and related back to your own life because it's impossible for us to watch something and not somehow think about ourselves whether it's like whoa i don't want that or whoa i do want that or i think i would just watch that movie me and matt would watch that movie over and over again thinking it was hilarious we knew that ferris bueller was awesome Mm -hmm. his friend was weird Right. He had a hot girlfriend. Right. And then he was like trying to ditch out on the douchebag principal. So when you look at the character Ferris Bueller and then you looked at yourself, did you see that you were similar or did you see no. that you were different? Different. And how did you feel about that? Fine. See? Because you were young enough at the time not to worry about it. Okay. I wasn't really, yeah, I was four. I wasn't really worried about if I was matching up to Ferris Bueller. Right. So the point that I'm making is that we start out with certain constructs of our of social understanding and over time we make decisions about how we fit into those of our perceptions of those social constructs so for me i wasn't raised on movies i was raised on the lord <laughs> no well I, I was gonna say diaper changes like for me my my perception of growing up is that every two years there's a new child in my house like there's a new infant there's a new crying baby so inadvertently what that taught me is because my whole life oh can you help me with this okay go get your go get your brother ready okay this like I was always 
asked to spend my time helping someone else. I was always asked to hold my thought because the crying baby needed help. I was always kind of pushed to the side a little bit because someone else younger needed my help. And over time, and I then did, you decided to have a baby. And then I finally became a mom of my own. And I realized that things were very different in reality of being a mother than the decades of life that I had spent putting myself down because I was too young at the time to understand that my feelings did count. So I inadvertently started discounting my own feelings for almost my entire life because I did not realize that what wired together, fired together. Sorry, what fires together, it's the other way around. What fires together, wires together. So I kept getting these impulses to be like, Okay, I've got to go help this child. Wait, and then I shouldn't it be what wires together, fires together? Mm, it's what fires together, wires together. It's because uh -oh, when here's you first our have star. a thought, the DC. thought fires the neurons and the neurotransmitters and the synapses and everything, and then that wires together the brain waves. Hey, the, that's not the right term, but, you know, the patterns. So... For a split second, I thought I stopped recording, and I was like, oh, my God, have we been talking this whole time? Oh, no, that would be detrimental. No, I didn't. I, I just okay, I let good. everyone suffer along with us. So, um, yes. Hi, honey. So, it's important because we're at the first episode of the new year. It's the We just celebrated New Year's Eve like a day or two ago. And well, yesterday was New Year's Day. There you go. So it's important to look at, especially this year, it's important to really look at like, what are the stories I've always told myself? What are, what uh, like always the bridesmaid, never the bride, or oh, my feelings aren't important enough, or oh, I have to fix someone's emotional challenges. Like what are those background stories we've already, we've always told ourselves? You've been a bride. I'm not referring to myself. I'm just oh. coming up with cliche things that are very common for us to tell ourselves. Like, gotcha. oh, I'm not good enough. Or I'm too old to take the career of my choice. Or um, Why are you pointing at me? Because that's one that are you Are you saying that I'm too old to take the career of my choice? How dare no, you? No, I've said... How dare you, sir? You have said that you are too old to take the career of your I choice. I would never say that. You have. Nope. Does that mean you don't believe it anymore? I don't believe that I am too old. Yes, that's a breakthrough. Yep. That's huge. Thank you. But these little subconscious I didn't realize things, you were looking there, but thank you for looking at it and telling me it was huge. It <laughs> I got that. <laughs> that was subtle. That was subtle but strong. It was so good. Um, but my point is that there's all these little subconscious things we tell ourselves because at one point, maybe they were true, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're true today. And one of the things that I think is also changing is the society in which we're living in, because our values have changed so drastically because of the last two years of the pandemic. What happened? Oh. Hold on. We got to kiss a toe here real quick. All better. You're welcome. <laughs> he needs All right. a bath. Um. Because of the pandemic, we have changed our values significantly. Yes. And now you're hurt again? Hi. Oh, you're hurt again. Are you kicking the ducks? He doesn't Priorities share my attention very well. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Oh, gosh. Do we need to pause? Yes. What is it, honey? Oh, God. You're hurt. 
And we are back again, again. Right. So what we value in society has changed. I mean, um, and drastically over the last two years. That's right. What are some of the things you've changed your values in? What are the things I've changed? Well, so for example, many people have changed their values in commute time. Like I don't value commute time as much as I used to. I value working from home more. I value work-life balance, which hasn't been um, very balanced for a long time. And we're pausing again. (laughs) Michelle's got to go build a house. Okay, so one of the other things that has changed besides work-life value is how we value our time in general and how we value our, like, how do I say this? Like, how well we fit into our own lives and how much our lives are a reflection of us. So it's really interesting because we're actually at a point in our evolution as a society where, and this is true across the globe, but because COVID has affected the entire globe the same, and we've all been sent home and we've all had to reevaluate things and the workforce is changing and all of these things are affecting everyone in different ways, but but the, the net sum of it is that we have a lot of things in place that don't work. And not just structures but social structures i mean how often do you feel like you fit into the current social structures in what way what do you as a as an autistic individual with adhd and anxiety and depression how well do you feel like the world fits you not very well i was just thinking about how um the the guy was there was a guy that was just across the hall knocking on this keep yeah on the door and I just all I can think about is him knocking and me having to go out there and like be like hey we're recording a podcast not that I'm paying attention to what's going on on the podcast but we are recording one <laughs> well and on the flip side he's a very concerned parent who doesn't have a you know trying yeah. to get a hold of his adult son so but the banging it's very panic driven on his part and he has zero awareness of the sensory sensitivities he's creating for you that's right so that's all i can think about right now you know um are you familiar with the concepts of being an introverted and extroverted why are you patronizing me of course i know what those mean okay well i just wasn't sure um so it's interesting because i recently completed that Myers-Briggs personality test again and they've evolved it one more time to include a measurement of self-confidence. What are you, uh, IEA Fit B? (laughs) No. No, no, no. But there's now in the measurement of self-confidence there's assertive and turbulent. So now they're tracking are you self-confident, meaning you're assertive, or are you insecure, meaning you're turbulent? Okay, so like more internal. Yeah, and and kind of just more on edge, I guess. You know, I just it's more of like an insecurity. So you don't feel strong in your own feelings. You don't feel strong in your own needs or your convictions, or you don't feel strong just being yourself. 
Like if you had a dream, how assertive could you be at achieving it? It depends on the situation. Right. So you could go to 16 personalities right now and retake the Myers-Briggs test if it's been a while since you've taken it. And it actually changed by adding in that new dimension and then um, and then just my growth over the last two years. Because I actually took the test two years ago and I got a different score. I was They classified me as a different person. I was more extroverted. I had a higher extroverted rating. Um, I can't remember exactly what my ENFJP thing was, but they gave me the summary of a campaigner. And I was like, oh, as a campaigner, like you're really good at rallying people together and, you know, fighting for a cause and really, you know, just unifying people towards a goal. And I was like, okay, fine. But when I redid it, I'm now an advocate in their rankings. Okay. So just in two years, my personality has changed. According to an online test, which we should all trust. Whatever it says, that's who you are and you just have to go by it. It's just another way of... It's a it's an online test. Of I mean, getting some sort of categorization for I'd go where see a med- I, I would go see a medical professional if you want to get any kind of uh, testing done like that. That's personality testing, isn't medical? I'm saying to like c- to confirm your personality. I would. I don't think it's come. My 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 traits change. I've taken the test several times in my lifetime, and it has always it's changed every single time because okay. I'm a growing human being. Well, you got to stop eating. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I'm a growing emotionally. It's time to be a shrinking human being. <laughs> well, physically, yes, I agree. I agree. I'm working on that. Um, apparently, metabolism needs a boost, but um, who's doesn't after this last two years? But my point is that not only is society changing on the outside, but we're changing on the inside. And it's really cool when you can start to look at some of these things. Like we talked about the night watchman theory and how back then we were we were much better at pairing your natural not yours specifically but like you know someone's natural abilities with their vocation and and though the night watchmen feel like they felt like they fit in you know like they had a purpose and they were good at it and so then there's their confidence and their self-esteem was high and the world wasn't this isolating how do you know this judging place well you go back and look at the history books you go back and look at the writings of the times you know people Every culture has their own writings and they record things. But, you know, what persists is thoughts and feelings. And so those come to the surface and they, they tell a story about what culture was then. And um, and the same is true now. And the thoughts and feelings are coming forward. So so it's one of those times, not just at the because we're at the beginning of the year, but also because we're, you know, turning this corner on the third year of the pandemic and we're looking around and going, wow, our social structures just aren't where they need to be. And at the same time, we have a rising population of neurodiversity that wants to be seen and wants to be heard and absolutely deserves to be so and has been traumatized for the last few decades, the adults have, for not being recognized, for not knowing that they were neurodivergent, not knowing that they needed a different owner's manual, and the fact that the owner's manual that they need didn't exist. Does it now? Well, 
not in that's what we're writing now I'm working on it, actually. Yeah, it's one of the projects I'm working on for 2022. I don't believe, I have not found that a new owner's manual exists. We're being attacked by a cat. I believe there's a lot of fragments out there, and there's a lot of, like, you know, singular motivations and thoughts you can stream together, but I, I don't believe we've pieced it together yet. Are you waiting for me to say something? I am. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm I'm you're losing me a little bit. I'm I'm tired. Well, we've had a number of distractions. Yeah, today. I was good before. I thought I, I was. No, we were on a roll. Was on a roll, and then your kid came in here. Well, <laughs> he's only mine when he's disruptive. No, he's mine too. <laughs> I'll never get rid of him. But just think about so everything I've said is true, and I understand that following it is a little lengthy. But I want you to imagine what the world could be like if you fit in it better so I'll reframe that let's say that right now we're going to go through a period of a couple of years where we decide that certain structures that are in place are no good and we're going to tear them down and say we have to do better because we do this often in our history we do it continuously in our history we're going to do it again right now so if you were asked and I'm asking you Blake mm-hmm we're going to rebuild our social structures over the next couple of years. Yes. If you were part of the reconstruction team, what would you want to be included so you felt more synergistic, more inclusive in your social environment? How could you how could we rebuild the social environment to better support you? Everyone go topless. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I think it all comes down to uh, understanding. Uh, did I lose you, Rochelle? Oh, did you know? Understanding. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm getting distracted. That's all I can say. Understanding. Understanding. So, so compassion, more awareness, more. Yeah. I, to well, see I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with mental health, awareness, okay, and acceptance, and you know, just. People still being afraid to be like, oh, I'm going to a therapist. I'm, I'm not crazy. You know, like you, it's like you shouldn't have to justify why you feel the need to go see a mental health professional. I feel like it just like you shouldn't need to justify why you're going to see a doctor or why you feel like going to the gym or up uh, or why you feel like doing anything to take care of your, you know, like I feel like eating better. Okay, well, no one's going to look at you like you're nuts because you feel like eating better. That's true. We have a, a, spe a special guest, three-year-old Declan Chandler, is, uh, is, uh, is here to interrupt and take over. Go ahead, buddy. One. Are you eating the microphone? And now he runs away. Yep. Okay, so I hear what you're saying. So we need to end the stigma that seeing a mental health professional means you're crazy or has some negative connotation. We actually need yeah. to flip that script and say that you're... Better than everyone else. Exact. Almost, almost, yeah. That you have a better handle. In fact, what is it that the therapist always said to us? They said, every, every person needs a therapist, but the only smart ones are the ones who know they need help. I don't know if they said smart. I don't know the right word they used there, but... But it was the... Something about, you know, the... Like, if you know you need help, 
you're above the... I don't know if it's about being better than anybody else, but I think that maybe it is. You know what? Screw it. We're all better than everyone else. I wouldn't. I mean, better is not like. I know that's why I was. I was kidding. I was being sarcastic. It's more just like better equipped. Oh my goodness! I can't do this. Stop. I'm leaving that in. (laughs) (laughs) And we're pausing again. And we're back after another commercial break. <laughs> this is challenging for me. He did not sleep yesterday. Um, we were going to record yesterday, but no to nap. To be clear, he is not me. Correct. Declan. Um, and he slept for 30 minutes today, so that's our podcast recording time. Right. Normally it's two hours and we get like... Okay, so you were telling me... Making me hungry. Sorry. Queso. You were telling me what you would like to see society change to to better fit who you are so that you don't have... My goal is like... And I said toplessness. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I said I was kidding. Okay, well, right now, I would say there's also an unfortunate side effect of this, you know, of... I don't know how to say this. Like, mirroring and masking is very real. And it's very prevalent. And it's something that you battle with the moment you really start interacting with other people, but you don't usually know about it until you get a diagnosis. And so for our adults on the planet right now who've been mirroring and masking their entire life, even with and post-diagnosis, I my heart wishes for a society where you no longer have to mirror and mask. I've been saying this for months. Don't think it's possible. Okay, so what I'm going to ask you to do... Take my top off? <laughs> As you wish. <laughs> what I'm going to ask you to do. Okay. What you just said, it's not possible. Oh, okay. Is it exactly one of those subconscious themes I was talking about from before. Right. You're running the subconscious theme in the back of, background of your mind that says it's not possible that it's ever going to change. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm going to ask you. Go ahead and ask me the question. Pin let's, let's that thought. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to actually ask me something. I am. I'm just going to keep talking. I'm going to ask you to pin that thought that 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 it could never change. Okay. And I want you to look at it. All right. It's pinned. Perfect. And now I want you to imagine that it can change. Oh, there it goes. Can you imagine that it can change? You bet. Do you really believe that? I'm masking right now. I don't want you to mask. I said I'm asking. Oh, (laughs) that's clever. Just kidding. I was actually saying masking. I know. You're tripping me up. You like that? That was really clever. But thank you. You know, there was a point in time where we were not living in high-rise apartments and, you know, massive homes, and we've evolved. And someone at one point said, I don't think it's possible that we're ever going to have better living structures or safer homes, and yet we've accomplished it. There was a point in time in 1776 where everyone here that that came over from Europe, we were under the rule of Britain, and... Not the Native Americans. I know. That's why I said anyone that came over from Europe. I was very specific. I I honor the Native Americans. I do believe they were here before. I hope you believe that because they were. (laughs) I know. I absolutely. I'm being very respectful. I 100% believe they were already here before and that this was their land. But I'm not trying to get into all of that political. What I'm trying to say is that there was a point in time where as colonists, we looked at life and said, we're under the rule of this guy across the sea. What if we ruled ourselves? And enough people came together who said, what if we ruled ourselves? And we, and 
they signed the Declaration of Independence, which was their intent. What is with you in the Declaration of Independence today? Because it's just it's thematically appropriate. So there, what that was a big social shift. And who who were the forefathers? Name all four of them. I. <laughs> tricky you're tricky thank you do you like write questions for the sat like you're good i should yeah that's really tricky that's a good one name all four but of the my forefathers. point exists the same it's like if you had asked if you existed in 1776 before the declaration of independence was signed technically i did exist because all matter has always existed isn't that that correct? would be correct so if i had asked you back then if it was possible that we would no longer be under British rule and we would rule ourselves and come up with our own laws and our own government. Do you think that it, we would, do you think back then you would have said yes? Repeat that. Do you think you would have been on board that life could be different before the Declaration of Independence was signed? I don't know why we're talking about this, but yeah, sure. Okay. I'd have been on board. You'd have been on board. So can you take that same faith? A ship headed back to England, you traitor. <laughs> No, you weren't in Hamilton's group. Uh, no, I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have the ability to. I don't. I don't know if I can put myself in the mindset of someone that may or may not have thought about things that to me are completely normal. That's my point. That's exactly. Thank you. That was brilliant. It was. It was. But all those years ago, Blake Ferdy, there were it. only a few people who thought it was possible to. Uh, revolt against I don't know the right words but like to decide it was a revolution it well so there you go to revolt against the British government and say the the parliament and say we want to do this our, ourselves you don't have the right we're here you're not and then engage in a in a war to prove it and change it now I don't think we're going to need a war to change it but this is just a very 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 big example of exactly what we have the potential to do on the planet right now which is make another one of these significant changes. The war of 2022. <laughs> or transformation. Because there are social structures that... The war of transformation? No, the transformation of 2022. Oh, okay. There are so many social structures. There are, um, there are structures in a lot of different areas. I, I, I mean, I could go into a ton of them. I do think structures in mental and emotional health is, um, like you pointed out earlier, something that needs a perspective change. I think... Um, the education system needs to be more inclusive. They're working very hard and they're trying, but there are multiple things that we have invested our time. There's even technologies that are harmful for us that we have to pull back on and that we need to take a broader look and say, is this damaging to our planet? Is this damaging to our people? Is this, you know, creating isolation and division and trauma for ourselves? We need to look at all of those things and pull back and make different decisions that prioritize the integrity of our health. And I'm saying to you that I believe that this is the start of one of those big times in life where these changes will come about. And why do you believe this? Because I've been studying and the stars. No, I no. I've been studying many different things and cycles and rhythms of, you know, just people in general and how all these things come together. And there's just a lot of evidence right now that shows that we will do ourselves a huge favor if we can just, I understand not believing that it's going to happen, but I'm going to ask you for the next couple of months to just pull that belief back and just imagine the possibilities of if it could change. 
like the foreskin of life. <laughs> I'm going to pull it back. Yes, that's, that's a visual that works. Yes. But I just want you to spend more time imagining what it could be and less time thinking that it can't change. Because what fires together, wires together. And if you think it can't change. That's what you wrote. <laughs> that's it, what I wrote. If it fires together, if those thoughts fire, oh, it can't change. I'm always going to be outcast. I'm never going to be accepted. You are literally programming neurochemically and hormonally your body to believe that because the minute you have a thought. I'm skinny. I'm skinny. I'm skinny. It worked. <laughs> well, the trick to that is I love myself. I love myself some more. The more you love yourself, the thinner you will get. Yeah, but I actually have to do something. Yes, but the more you love yourself, the more you'll, the more you'll have the natural motivation to do the things that work. <sighs> I'm fat again. <laughs> I just I know what I'm asking is not going to be something you can just do the second I ask it I understand that I understand that I need immediate change Rochelle otherwise it's I not know. worth it instant gratification there's I'm That's right. so the instant gratification I can give you is this I'm waiting how do you feel when you think about something you like pleased <laughs> how do you feel about something you hate displeased <laughs> i wish you guys could see blake's face right now because <laughs> you are <laughs> very entertaining thank you um okay that's a very basic <laughs> but the point remains the longer you spend intentionally what, what were you trying to get out of me with that whole like how do you feel when you see something you like because that's what i'm saying the longer you spend intentionally thinking thoughts that bring positive not positivity but bring you like that that align with things that make you feel loved or self-confident or um you know, encouraging, you know, these actually, those types of thoughts send a completely different neurochemical and hormonal response through your body. And you can literally pull your body out of fight or flight mm -hmm. and into rest and digest where your whole body starts feeling better. Yep. And then it makes those thoughts easier to continue feeling. See, I have a negative self-image. Yes. So I have a hard time uh, not doing whatever it is that you're trying to get me to do. I know. But where did your negative self-image come from? All the negativity that people have shared with me over my lifetime. Like what? People being shitty to me when I was a kid. Okay. And people being shitty to me as an adult. Right. And this is exactly that that subconscious programming I'm talking about. It's very conscious. It's not subconscious. No, I'm sure for you it's become very conscious. Because if you think about it often, it becomes very conscious. Yeah. So are, do you find yourself thinking about these things very often? I do. You're talking about what? The you, self, negative, negative self-image? Self yeah. But that's feels so normal now. Okay. And thank you. That's exactly the point I was hoping you would bring us to because it does feel so normal. No one's going to get topless, huh? All right. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little throwback. Um, All right. Continue. That's fine. Just, I just there, you like, asked me what things make me happy right well that's fair what no I, I really appreciate you you saying that because a negative self-image and being able to I have an uh I don't have the the best negatives I don't have the best self-image like 
I do have these ideas in my mind. That you have I'm, a medium, a medium self-image. I have like a. I have an extra large. <laughs> no, there's nothing medium about me in the, these days. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely schmedium, sh- sh- as they say. <laughs> sure, just definitely pushing more the other way. Um, and I used to be like, you know, size six. So no, I, I too, you know, look at my self-image, and I really. Okay. What were you saying? I look at my self-image and there have been times where I was really resentful of what I saw. Yeah. And then it just made me angry and it just felt like the weight when I did that stayed longer. And I've really had to pull my mind into a place where I could be like, wait, I can, I can do something about this. I can do something about this. And even if I didn't feel, cause I, it's difficult to shift an entire mindset, but even if I could just go, I can do something about this. Like I can, I don't know what I'm going to do yet and nothing I've done yet has worked, but I can find something I can do something. This can be different. If I just kept my brain there. Do you remember Saturday Night Live when they would do, uh, what's his name? Was it, was it Stuart? The guy would be like, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember that? I do. That's the Is that the kind of positive self-image that we're talking about that I need to uh, look in the mirror and say, God, no, that's not it. Doggone it, people like me. Is that what you're talking about? What are you doing? Rochelle has left me again. She's abandoned me for, for the baby. She's left us for, left the show. It's just, it's just me and you now, folks. Oh, no, she's coming back. You're saved. <laughs> you don't have to listen to me ramble on again for I'm five minutes. I'm literally like trying to buy time with the end of my well, holiday well. popcorn. Oh, well, there you go. So. Well, the episode's almost over. I know. And I'm using all the end of my popcorn. What did we talk about? To, I, so. I, what is the thing and, and dark on it I'm good Do- enough doggone it doggone it people like me people like me all I'm asking you to do is monitor your thoughts mm-hmm. your thoughts actually drive your feelings your feelings drive your hormones your mood your ability to sleep you know our perceptions of, of everyday events, whether there's something that we need to react to from a fight or flight standpoint or whether we can recognize someone's trying to help us. Like, all I want you to do, and I know that this is a big ask, so... What's a big ask? <laughs> it's a big ask. Oh, big ask. Just monitor your feelings, monitor your thoughts, and when you find yourself feeling something is not possible, if... If you could just go, well, okay, okay, I, I hear that I'm, I hear myself, I, I recognize that I think X, Y, Z is not possible, just ask yourself, but what if it was? Sounds like I need to rob a bank. Why? Because I need some cash. Okay, well, what if it was possible to get that cash in other ways? So I can't rob a bank. You just said that I needed to think of, wait, so you literally just told me I can't do something. But robbing a I mean, if you want to rob a bank, there are consequences. But, I mean, I know reward and consequence doesn't govern your reality, but... Missing the sarcastic point. Oh, I totally did. I'm not really going to rob a bank. Even though I will say that um, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. It does sound like it. Well, that one... Minus be. minus the hurting people part. And the guns part. That scares me. No, I don't think like, like a paint... I mean, like a like plastic a, bank? Like, like, a, like a paintball bank heist would be pretty sweet. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. I'm just, my big ask is to monitor. So it's called self audit. You got to stop because when you say that, I look down and I'm just like, it is big. <laughs> Thanks. I had a baby. It's a big ask <laughs> with a K at the end. 
I just want you to start entertaining the idea of a big ass that the world that has treated you so unfairly correct and honestly just been a jerk in a lot of ways time to get revenge is that what you're saying that that world is crumbling and it is going to be rebuilt and if you can just suspend the negative reinforcement that it'll never change or that you'll never be good enough or that you'll never be accepted because I know and I honor that you feel that way right now and those are really big feelings and they're really deep feelings and I'm not saying they just go away I'm just asking you to also say, but what if it did change? And if it did change, what would I like it to be? And just spend a little bit more time imagining what it could be and less time feeling defeated by what it has been. Because I believe that it is changing and it will be changing over the next couple of years. And so I'm just encouraging you to kind of take this pathway with me it is really hard to pay attention. <laughs> He's Declan in the is yelling in the background, Mom, Mom. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it. I'm, I can hear I'm it. I'm really trying to focus on my point because one... Yeah, let's, let's pause one more time and then we'll close out the show. <laughs> Sorry, folks. One, 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 one moment. Three-year-olds, what are you going to do? He you better talk fast because I, I think we have, we have about three seconds before he, he comes back. Oh. Anyways, just try. Just try. Just try. That's, that's the end. <laughs> just try to imagine a better world that you feel like you fit into and just imagine what that would look like. And, you know, honestly, there's no rules to your imagination. So anyone who's listening, if you also can spend some time imagining what the world would look like if it were constructed in a way that was inclusive, it was neuro-inclusive, everybody, where you didn't feel that isolation and social judgment and you didn't feel like you had to mirror and mask. Tell me what that would look like for you. Tell me what that would feel like for you. Please take some time, journal it or share it or private message me or send me an email. I really, really, really would love to know your thoughts on your thoughts and feelings on what this world could potentially look like if it were made with you in mind, because it can be. I'm just nodding my head. It's probably not the best thing to do for a podcast. No, but narrow. You know, I will say this. Having to do with Declan screaming in the background. Notice how he's not saying dad, 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 <laughs> dad. It's a, it's a, it's a real uh, ego breaker. Yeah. It's uh, very humbling, as it always has been. And I wonder if it's because I wasn't topless enough, (laughs) mushing my skin against his. We were connected by an umbilical cord for a very long time. And then after that umbilical cord, we were connected in many, many other ways through nursing. And he lived in my balls. But he doesn't have a conscious awareness of that. Maybe he feels like I pushed him away. He's like, hey, man, we were, I was in your balls, and then you just launched me. Okay, well, that gay, you launched life. Gay what? I said you launched life. I did. There you go. That's right. 
I fired him into the open plains. But he doesn't have the maturity right now to understand that. You're immature. You hear that? <laughs> and from a brain development standpoint, he being is. A, he's being he's a real in, baby he's about a, it. He's a child in his childlike heart. And you know what? Autistic children, I'll have to say, autistic children are in their hearts. They live in their hearts. Everybody knows that your feelings are very, very big. You don't know, you know, autistic children don't necessarily have the the emotional processing skills yet, and they actually develop a little bit slower over time. But the feelings are bigger innately. So the shift, this, these. Is that something we talked about? I was going to say before, is that it's not that autistic people, you know, because that doctor was like, oh, you you can't be autistic because you have emotions or you display emotions, and it's not. Did, it, did we talk about that last episode or something where I was saying that, or is that something we talked about privately? I don't know. Keep talking. Where I was talking about emotions and how um it's more of a feeling of it's 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 it, the difficulty isn't having the emotions the difficulty is expressing them right i agree with that and i think that's the same miscommunication because i can sense other people's emotions very easily yes it's because you're on the empath side of the scale correct autism is on is you know autism. but i have but it's it's you know it's like when someone's crying i am very much i'm like there there Right. Like, well, I don't know what to do. S- make you stop crying. Well, emotional nurturing isn't something I think that... I think emotional nurturing needs or to Or is be... it just that you're supposed to hug people and just... Like, no. it just feels like there should be more to it. No. I, I emotion- I'm glad you brought that up. Emotional nurturing... Am I on the wrong track here? No, you're perfect. In fact, there is Ooh. a strong... Can I lack- get that in writing? <laughs> I put it in uh, audio. Okay. Um, there is a strong lack of emotional nurturing across the board, neurotypical, neurodiverse alike. We have not ever really learned how to emotionally nurture ourselves, much less other people. And if you think about the last five or six or however many generations that have been living in this fight or flight of, anxi- of anxiety and depression that has now evolved into this anxiety, depression, ADHD, ADD, and autism, then you're talking decades we have lived without emotional nurturing on par with every other part of our life we sorely need more of it and that's why i believe it's so easy to get stuck in a loop of negative self-image or negative self-performance or negative self-value or self-worth or self-esteem all the things that everyone that i'm working with you know or that I that I interact with in my family or in my friends group or even you know our listeners on the the Facebook group the you don't send autistic Facebook group there everyone has very similar traumas from not being emotionally nurtured and what I'm suggesting is we uh, we give everyone a big virtual hug right now yes I think we absolutely let's should. hug it out but I do think that emotional nurturing and the acceptance of mental and emotional health, it's not just mental health. Everyone says, oh, it's mental health. It's mental and emotional health because it's our thoughts and feelings. They're deeply connected because every thought triggers a feeling neurochemically and, and biologically in the body. And then that re-triggers a thought. So you can't have a thought without a feeling, which means it's mental and emotional health needs to lose the negative stigma. And we need to come in with dramatically more effective and more common and more accepted emotional nurturing. I think what you're saying is exactly correct. I agree. <laughs> you guys can see his face again. You slide these things in. It's so coy. You're so good at it. Yep. I'm a sneaky devil. All right. Um, again, don't forget to join the Facebook group, all that, all that business message at Rochelle Firefly Chandler or Facebook. You can find Rochelle 
at Rochelle Chandler. You can find me, just my name, Blake Fertig. That's F as in Frank, E-R-T-I-G. T as in Tom, not P as in pig. I'm not Blake Fertig. I'm Blake Fertig. <laughs> so um, you can also look me up on SoundCloud, same name. And you can send Rochelle an email to support at RochelleChandler.com. Share the show. Share how you found us. Uh, let us know. All that kind of good stuff. So go to Apple Music, iTunes, Audible, all those different places to rate us and keep uh, your eyes peeled at, what's your website again? Rochelle Chandler. What a perfect name, RochelleChandler.com. <laughs> We're going to start uh, addressing a glossary of terms. I had the idea that Rochelle sometimes says things I have no idea what she's talking about. Um, so we'll start building that. And also at the end of each episode, if as things pop up, we may address some terms from previous episodes, but more importantly from the current ones. And I'm going to try and keep track. I didn't think anything today except for the what wires together, fires together, what fires together, wires together, whatever the hell it was you said. Yep. It was something that would have been in the glossary, but then you explained it already. So no need to go back into that, I think. So I think that's it for today, folks. I think that wraps us up. Uh, Unless you have anything to add. No, just thank you for your patience. This was a very challenging one to get through the multiple. We have a one take policy, so yep. we don't. I used to edit the episodes, you can tell in the beginning, and now I'm just like, screw it. No. It You're was... getting everything. Because there was no emer- emotional nurturing in that process. It was actually creating stress. Well, it was a lot of time. It's super time consuming. But a lot of people that do these podcasts, they do it, but they also like make, you know, sometimes can make a living doing it and if we did that then i would probably would go back and trim some maybe of but i mean we have a one take policy so we we try it just staying focused and staying on track th- through the natural interruptions of life or a toddler or whatever just appreciate your patience we know because you're probably having to pause every once in a while um yeah. someone is listening to this on the toilet right now by the way <laughs> oh, are they? i bet huh okay. did i get you did i get you all right you filthy animal. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. It probably it would be me. I would be listening to this <laughs> on the toilet. I just wanted to see if we caught someone. Hey, you know what? My my dream for the life that we're rebuilding is that everyone listens to the show on the toilet. At least once everyone a- feels comfortable oh, yeah. being themselves without the need to mirror and mask going forward. You don't need a mirror and mask, but you might no. want to hold in that fart. Or close the door and do all that privately. Yeah. If you're at the uh you know, in the in a public restroom. Okay. Well. Is that like the most uncomfortable thing? What? Going to the bathroom in, in a public restroom. Yes, it's incredibly. I, I didn't. Used and to men are the me. most disgusting. Yeah, I didn't. Because they come in me, and they're like now. super noisy. Oh no! Did we did we talk about this before? No, and no, then no, we'll, then but, we'll leave. No. no, I have to. I'm not going to get too graphic, but like I, like dudes will come in and I'll be sitting there and I'm trying to like squeak out my little mouse farts so that I can go to the bathroom. Right. And then some guy comes in and he's like, ah, and pees like Ugh. louder than I've ever heard anyone go to the bathroom, flushes the toilet, doesn't wash his hands, Ew. and then grabs the handle. So then there's the battle to like try and go to the bathroom, you know, quietly because right. you're trying to be a gentleman, even though they're like, why bother? Right. And then you get out and then you have to like wash your hands and then try and navigate getting. That's why the reasons I hate when there's no paper towels. Yeah. Because then you got to use like the bottom part of your shirt to like reach up and then you're like exposing your belly button. Yeah. For everyone to see so you can open the door and s- well, slide out of the class- bathroom. Well, it's a classic clash of the underwear versus the overwear. I would call that classic. Ooh. Classic. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Sean Connery for classic. Oh. <laughs> classic. No, there, there's something really to that though because um, I know. there are people who are very underaware of... 
the impact they have on others and under people, aware of their underwear uh, yes and people who are very a uh, very height what is it like i don't want to say over aware because i don't think that's possible but i mean like their awareness is very heightened about it yeah so there as with everything there's always a you know the pendulum has to swing both ways before it comes back to the middle so this is true historically it happens every single time we build a new middle because we get better understanding we what if you stop the pendulum well, then well, we don't ever stop growing. The planet doesn't ever stop orbiting. Okay, you lost me. We're always going to... Mother Nature drives change. Okay. With the seasons. So the planet drives the change and, and, it, and it will always drive the change in us. So we will always continue to evolve. All right. So having said that, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're kicking off 2022. That's right. Happy it, New Year again, everybody. It's going to be a big year of change, but nothing to fear. We'll walk you through it. Just stay with us and we will prepare you for everything. And yet at the same time, help illuminate neurodiversity for the world. Yep. Do we have that? Uh, shoot. Now I can't remember where we started the episode. Anyway, because th- I was going to see if I could get you to do the are you, are you, minimum, minimum, no, I'm bo- copper bottoming of my man. I definitely don't have that in me anymore. Can't do it. Aluminum. Nope. You are fired. You are fired. I could say that. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Anyway, all right, folks. That's it for us today. I'm Blake. I'm Rochelle. And cue the music.